Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. We're to stay with the question just a little bit longer as we look at the tragic shooting in Buffalo, New York over the weekend. Uh, if you missed our earlier coverage, uh, we were pleased to speak with Janetta Williams, president of the NAACP here in the state of Utah. And we talked with her about the black community, uh, what it's feeling following the shooting. And Janetta, as always, tremendous insight. She's been an extraordinary leader here in the state of Utah. And she pointed out that there is a desire for politicians to focus less uh, on book banning and more on gun control. They want to see everything wiped out as far as black history, which is American history. They don't want to hear anything about history and what happened before slavery. But instead of our legislators talking about looking at a kid movie and making sure that there's nothing in it that talks about LGBTQ, I would like to see them take more stance against gun violence. I would like to see them put some bills together to have a stronger uh, assault weapon ban and how to go and purchase guns. There's a lot of things that people can do, but when they're talking about banning the, the books and they're making it harder for black, brown, LGBTQ uh, authors to even put their books out, it's you know amazing how, how they buy into those types of things. Uh, that's uh, Janetta Williams, president of the NAACP in Utah. We are standing by for an update from Buffalo on the mass shooting at the supermarket over the weekend. Uh, we'll continue our conversation uh, with Janetta Williams. She encouraged everyone to, to make sure that we're all doing the things that will keep us safe. Make sure that if they see something, hear something, then they need to say something and report it. Because it could be a relative or it could be a friend or somebody that you know. If you know that they have these type of ideas and they may act on them, or even if they may not act on them, but they have talked about them, it's your duty to try to say something. And then I want folks to make sure you make sure that you are aware of your surroundings. Again, that's Janetta Williams, the president of the NAACP here in the state of Utah, a great leader in our community, uh, talking about how the black community is feeling following the shooting and some of the important things that we need to do to change the conversation and to move things forward uh, in a significant way. And as we continued this conversation, 
Uh, we also spoke with University of Utah law professor Amos Giora, who is an expert on counterterrorism in the Middle East, and he's written extensively about the rise of white supremacy in particular. And he talked with us earlier today as well from Israel uh, about what attracts people to a racist ideology. Take a listen. There are racists out there who uh, have a deep hatred with respect to whatever minority group, whether it's African-Americans, anti-Semites, anti-Muslims, whatever it is that, that motivates him, whatever, whoever or whatever has incited him. Some of them just, you know, espouse various theories and some of them pick up a gun and then some of them put on, you know, full body armor, take a gun and, and very clearly and deliberately target, in this case, an African-American supermarket neighborhood. And I also understand that he has been spewing pretty significant anti-Semitic rhetoric, but I don't know if he, unlike the guy in Pittsburgh a few years ago who went into the synagogue, I don't know if he intended to go from the supermarket you know, elsewhere. As far as I can tell, he, he surrendered, which is kind of interesting. But I think we need to be very cognizant of the fact that white supremacists are hate-filled, yes. Some of them are absolutely violent. And without a doubt, some of them are clearly being incited. There are different ways, means, mechanisms in which they're being incited. But I think that this terrible, terrible act in Buffalo requires us to take a long and deep look into what's motivating white supremacists, racists. Professor Giora believes now is the time for all of us as Americans to have the uncomfortable conversations about speech, what we allow in particular on social media platforms. You know, I'm here in Israel. As we learned when Prime Minister Rabin was assassinated in 1995, words kill. And we need to be cognizant, particularly again, in an age of social media, the various platforms, that the time has come to have a serious conversation about regulating what is otherwise an unregulated platform. A question that really in many ways needs to be directed at the various social media platforms, whether it's uh, Facebook or any of the others, are they going to continue hosting, posting this kind of, of just vicious, vile rhetoric? It really requires us to do something that makes Americans extremely uncomfortable, and that is to ask very difficult questions about the limits of free speech and the limits of the First Amendment, whether it's from the white, black, or whoever the actor is. But I am... I've written on this stuff widely, and I understand that it causes people discomfort. But I do think that, it, particularly in the age of, of social media, that we need to ask ourselves, is, even if they're uncomfortable, so be it. People are paying a price because we're tolerating extremism, and we're tolerating not carefully curtailed free speech. A very important perspective from Professor Giora, and we want to get all the perspectives in terms of what this looks like. What does it mean to, for the First Amendment, for free speech? And so we turn to our friend Shoshana Weissman from the R Street Institute. She's an expert on Internet regulations, what can and can't be done, what is and is not working. And Shoshana pointed out how difficult it really is to regulate hate speech. And hate speech, whether it be racism or sexism or anything like that, it's not desirable. It's not stuff that I would want people to think and say but it is legal under the First Amendment, and sometimes laws can can be weaponized against people, against good people and people with innocent opinions. And, you know, sometimes there's great lines. Shoshana also pointed out how difficult it is for these platforms uh, to police everything that's going on on those sites. 
really big places have billions of posts and there's no way they can see or know the liability or the, the legality of all of those posts. And a smaller platform might have less resources to moderate, so they're still going to have trouble with that. And in a lot of cases, it's hard to know what's illegal and what's not. So the liability should be on the person who posted it, not the place where it's posted. So like I said before, with, with racist or, or bad stuff, it's not always illegal. Even certain terrorist speech is legal. You can't regulate social media in order to stop legal speech. That violates the First Amendment. So there, there's challenges in getting bad stuff down, and that has to be left off to the platforms. Uh, so, again, l- looking at the, the challenge of all of that, uh, of course, we know uh, that as this uh, heinous crime was carried out, uh, that it was being live streamed. Uh, the platform uh, acted swiftly, in my view, within two minutes that everything was down. It was off. Uh, that was important. Uh, Shoshana Weissman uh, went on to, to tell us today that she believes law enforcement needs to work with the platforms uh, in a way that can help stop some of those bad actors. These platforms are doing a lot, but they really always need to do more because the threats evolve. Um, In the same way that, um, you know, you might block one spammer, he'll get a new number. Those threats are always going to evolve and they always have to figure out how to attack them. But we can't just blame social media. I mean, a lot of this stuff would happen without social media. We have to identify the causes and try to track them down and work with law enforcement. So it really has to be these bigger partnerships. And I don't want to just point fingers. I want to figure this stuff out. And I think it's really important that everyone talk about it. Uh, so that is the crucial conversation in my view and uh, really grateful uh, on very short notice that uh, Shoshana Weissman joined us from Washington, D.C. Uh, Professor Giora uh, joined us from Israel and Janetta Williams, the president of the NAACP, joined us from right here in the state of Utah, uh, all adding important depth and dimension, perspective and understanding uh, to where the conversation is and where it needs to go. What's the proper role of government? Where does regulation fit in? What are the limits to to free speech? Where does the First Amendment, uh, how do we make sure that that survives? And and where do we get it to the the right point? And how do we get to the more important upstream conversations uh, in terms of mental health, in terms of the breakdown of, of family, of what we're teaching and educating, how we're uh, allowing some of this uh, thought to to become action. Uh, there's so many crucial conversations, and we're going to continue to have them and invite in perspectives from across the spectrum uh, as we try to learn where we really are and, more importantly, what we can do. But I will tell you this. It starts with you, and it starts with me. And what are you putting out, and what are you consuming? It's a great question for all of us on an important day here on Inside Sources. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Stay with us. More to come. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.